podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Natku Show. We are back, gang. Here's the thing, Ben. We try and take a break, right? We try and take a, a holiday of sorts. I mean, Ollie, the producer right now, Propo, sunning himself on a beach in Cyprus, just it shows where his commitment is, frankly. Absolutely. I mean, for people like us, there's there's no off season, and you, you see this with um, with championship teams. You'll see players like players like Tom Brady in his career. He wasn't just sunning himself on a beach right. in Cyprus with right. the lads with like ten lagers around him. He's just grinding away like us. <laughs> That's why you and I are kind of like the Tom Brady's of this, and that you know, poor Ollie is like, oh, I come don't on, know. who is he? Who is he? <laughs> come um, on, I want to know. I well, know. I mean, he's kind of he's sort of championship caliber because something has kind of rubbed off on him from us. Yes. But he's more he's more like a Joe Flacco in that, like, yeah, he might have a ring, mm. but no one's saying, oh, that was Joe Flacco's team. Very you know? fair, very fair. Working on the tan, disappointingly, because you and I are just morning after the Super Bowl win press conference. Let's go. I'm already thinking about next season. Hundred percent. I mean, I was, uh, I got myself. I was on BBC News the morning after. I, you know, Ooh, barely nice any plug. sleep. Nice just, plug. just grinding away. I'm all about the next point. You know, you, ad- you ad- admittedly, Victoria Derbyshire did not want to talk about the draft. <laughs> But so yeah. I don't I don't think she was totally focused. She she was very much focused on the Super Bowl. I'm yeah. at that point. I'm like, it's a new season. Where are we going? Hole. Where are we going? I Mike uh, from Parts Unknown is in Parts Unknown at the moment, but he will be back. I know a lot of you are asking when the the big man is going to be making uh, his next appearance. Fear not, gang, because we are going to be rolling through the offseason. We've had a little bit of downtime, but we are back in business. The pods are going to be rolling. We've got a ton to get into, and some fantastic guests coming your way over the coming weeks so we are officially back in business and rolling and what a week then to be <laughs> re-upping and rebooting because just you know one or two things going on i am still trying to reconcile trying to get my head around and we'll start obviously with what i think is the biggest news of the offseason so far get my bearings looking at the picture the nfl as it stands now with drew lock no longer a bronco I, I, it feels like it's not the NFL anymore, you know, <laughs> um, out of all, out of all the players who have um, sort of moved on, you know, we've, we've got no Brady next season. And now with no Drew Locke yeah. in Denver, it's like, what is this league anymore? I, <laughs> I'm beginning to uh, do everything I thought I knew. I'm beginning to question now. Yeah. I, I mean, if, if Drew, if Drew Locke, is not is not wearing bronco blue and orange my my world is upside down i may as well be watching the usfl this is major major news dangerous wilson out of seattle end of an era of course uh, a highly successful era for the majority of his career there of course including the ring and we know for a while that he has been unsettled this is one of those persistent rumors that has been flying around in the same way that it felt like Drew Brees was going to leave New Orleans every, every mm-hmm. uh, off season for about 10 years. Russell Wilson, we expected him to be out of Seattle soon. Did it come as a shock that it's happened this off season going into this year? Yeah. Do you know what it did? Because everything, everything that I heard and everything I read suggested that Pete Carroll wanted to stay and that that meant that Russell Wilson would stay, that they would, they would feel like, okay, look, 
let's give it one more shot. Last season did not go well, but once... Yeah, that's a critical it, point, actually, because Carol has unequivocally said, I don't want to be any part of, of a reboot project, right? Uh, you know, yeah. I, there's no interest in that. So <laughs> that, that will yeah. get back to what yeah. Seattle do at the quarterback position now, because presumably Pete isn't going to, unless he's a, a, maybe going to surprise us all being a, a fellow Drew Locke aficionado, but I'm suspecting <laughs> that they are going to be in the hunt for a, a quarterback and we'll look at their options in a moment. But yeah, sorry. So but it's a great point you make that that was the moment that news came out, because there was talk of maybe it's then the Carol's time there. Exactly. And Carol's going to be the one that moves in this power struggle. And when we figured that well, Carol's staying and there's no way he wants a, a, a re-up situation, then we figured, well, mm, that means Russ is staying. Yeah, I just thought at that point they are going to stay pat. Um, like, obviously, they missed the only team in the division that missed the playoffs last season. But Wilson missed some time. He was then playing hurt. And then when that injury cleared up, he had a fantastic run of games where mm. he looked like, oh, he's back to he's back to his best. So at that point, I felt pretty confident that they were had they had at least one more year with with Russell Wilson, and then then this happens. Uh, this happens, and it is a monster trade. I mean, among, amongst the uh, biggest trades of the last twenty years, the Seahawks receiving a package of eight picks and players, as well as Drew Locke, of course, their headline actor <laughs> in that. Uh, all kinds of draft picks. And this is Denver very much giving up the house for their franchise quarterbacks. So following, of course, the LA MO, and we figured this is going to start to happen more and more with teams that have got a solid defense, lots of offensive weapons, but not the right QB. You go all in now. And that's very much what a young GM has done. I mean, when the rumors started about this, Ben, I was, and of course, Aaron Rodgers was, uh, was the name that many people were linking to Denver. And we'll, we'll discuss whether the Rogers re uh, deal had a significant bearing on the Denver going in a different direction in, in a mo. But when the rumors that well, Denver are the team that were very interested in Rogers last off season, and they're the ones most likely to make a play for Rogers. And then of course they make this deal. I was always skeptical. Is a new GM going to give up the house, even for, uh, you know, a, a future hall of famer, because you look at the, the swag that he has given up here. So in terms of players, Shelby Harris, a very capable lineman, of course, defensive lineman, mm -hmm. has gone over Noah Fant, one of the better tight ends in Absolutely. the NFL. Uh, two first rounders, a second rounder, uh, a well, two second rounders, a 22 second round and a 23 second rounder, a fifth round pick as well. I mean, that is some serious collateral, <sighs> even yeah. for a great player like, like Russell Wilson. Yeah. Now, the thing is, watching Denver last season, admittedly, Drew Locke is Drew Locke and Drew Locke will do Drew Locke things. But watching the Denver Broncos last season, I did not look at that as a team that's a quarterback away from winning a Super Bowl, personally. Ooh, I'm now, not sure. I no, I, that, that, sure, sure. But. Let's say they are, let's say that that team was a quarterback away, right, from being a Super Bowl contender. And then you take some of those important pieces out, mm. pieces like Noah Fant. And then what you also do is prevent them from stocking up on young talent right. over the next few years. Now, you've only got Russell Wilson for a handful of years. Now, when I say handful, it might be four or five years, and that might be enough. Mm. But this isn't like this isn't like drafting a quarterback and you're hoping, right, well, if he hits, we've got a decade plus to ride with this guy. You've you've very much opened a window and you've accepted that in that window, you have lost a lot of draft collateral. Now, Russell Wilson is expensive. And you know what's cheap? 
piles of rookies and they mm. can't bring in piles of fantastic rookies now this is always going to be a risk with this now when it was we had the same conversations last season when there was talk that russell wilson might do it and there was talk that someone might make a big trade for sean watson and any team making that trade has got to feel they're, they're just one player away mm. but while they're doing that they're losing other key parts and they're losing the chance to build on that roster with young players. And that's how you have to build a roster that will go forward. And the Rams, obviously they brought in Stafford last season, but I, I did feel they were quarterback away. I did feel that was a yeah. team better than Denver were last season. I, I, I don't disagree with that. I, I think that's a fair assessment. I think that the Rams are further ahead or more complete uh, than Denver. However, I think the uplift from Goff to Stafford, well, we saw how that played out, but I think the uplift for Denver in the quarterback position here is significantly greater. I think the offense yep. is obviously completely stacked, uh, and that is really exciting because you've got that receiving core with Cortland Sutton and Judy. Uh, the ground game is sorted now as well with Javante Williams stepping up. Van, I think, is an interesting, interesting decision that he was one of the players, but they obviously have confidence in the players uh in left behind i mean i'm trying to think uh, without looking at the depth chart they've got i mean they don't have a standout have they got a, a standout obvious tight end to fill or will they make, no, maybe I, make I, a move there yeah i think i think they will need to make a move and i think it'll it'll um they they're going they're going to need to give him an, an extra couple of weapons to mm. really to really be, and i don't mean kind of like sort of super top tier i don't mean like oh they need a you know they need to get someone even better than say jerry judy but my worry actually is the defense, which was which had played at such a high level in recent years under Vic Fangio, who I think yes. is the best. So he was head coach, but I think he's the best defensive coordinator in the league. And any time he has left the team, if you if you go back and look at Vic Fangio's jobs, look what happens to defenses after he leaves that team. Mm. I'm expecting that defense to take a step back, and that defense was keeping them in games. Now they are going to be very, very competitive next season. Right. And let's say they are now a Super Bowl contender. Look at their division. Yeah. My God. Derek Carr is now clearly the worst starting quarterback in the AFC West. Now, I think that Carr is really, really good. I know you top, are very high on Carr. I'd say it's a top 12. Yeah. Top 12 quarterback. Right? And so, yet. And yet he's fourth best in that division. Yeah. Well, that is obviously the big strong argument against Denver having a, a serious shot at it and my god what a division it, it is promising to be and, and and I hear I I I I like Denver anyway going into this season as despite the competitive nature of the West because that secondary is just balling and I think that I think a lot of the time as is evidence the Rams more balanced because they've got uh, Ramsey and Co in the backfield, although, and, although their secretary was significantly depleted going in, in, into last season and, uh, and and suffered. So you could argue it was quite top heavy and disproportionately. So I think that the Broncos are kind of an inverse of that, right? I know they got Chubb further up, but at the back, they are one of the strongest and, and most uh, uh, have the most depth in terms of the secondary, I think, in and particularly corner in, in the NFL. And so I like the, them to contend in many games. It's a great point you make about Fangio. And that could prove to be an underrated and underestimated loss, no doubt about it. But I think they are well, obviously an intriguing prospect. They're definitely now contenders, whether they're a Super Bowl contender, maybe that is overstating it. What do you think about the move for Wilson after the Aaron Rodgers uh, officially sticking around? Well, actually, let me rephrase that. 
We surprised that Rogers ended up re-upping in Green Bay. Did you think he was going to go? Um, I thought it was probably kind of 30% chance he'd go, 70% chance he'd stay. Now, the thing, the thing going that, to another team or oh, retire? Yeah, so, or, 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 oh, or, oh, no, I, do, I really didn't think he'd retire. Mm. I think he's got such a chip on his shoulder about the fact he's only won one Super Bowl. Right. And for being, as far as I'm concerned, in terms of if you look at the gifted talents playing at quarterback in this, this century, I think Aaron Rodgers eclipses them all. I think he eclipses Peyton Manning, he eclipses Tom Brady. Jay when Cutler. It, <laughs> Kyle Orton. Uh, all, you know, Drew Locke. Yeah. Hey, he, enough Locke. Enough Locke he, hate. Uh, Mike Glennon. He's better <laughs> in terms of, in terms of, pure talent in terms of mechanics in terms of the passes he can make he is better than Peyton he's the best quarterback I've ever seen that's what I'll say he is the best quarterback I've ever seen Mm. and he's played on loaded teams no matter what he wants to say about his own teammates he has played on loaded teams he's played on a with a franchise that is expected to contend that's high expectations isn't just kind of like circling the drain He retires with one Super Bowl ring, despite all that talent and despite the teams he played on. People will people will always bring that up. Why did he not win more? He is desperate to win another one, and I think he was weighing up where was the best chance to win one, and where would people stroke his ego enough? He it is not enough for him to be the best quarterback that Ben Isaacs has ever seen. Mm-hmm. He needs he needs the GMs to be telling him that every single day. He is a needy, needy dude. I think he is, he's happy with the situation in Green Bay in terms of the, the talents, the talent that's around him for another, for another run. Obviously he, he posted that picture from the last dance a yeah. season ago. So it's like another last dance. I think he's going to have quite a few last dances as long as people keep inviting him and telling him how wonderful he is at dancing. Is it like those bands or artists that go on the farewell tour and then two years later are doing another farewell tour? That's basically yeah. what Aaron Rodgers is pulling in it, it is. It is exactly. If it, they're thinking, well, if I if I can pack out Wembley Stadium, I'm just going to keep saying farewell. Like, is Aaron they, Rodgers the Eagles of the NFL? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean... I mean, I, I don't enjoy listening to the Eagles. Uh, I don't I don't enjoy listening to Aaron Brady. Um, Aaron, Aaron Brady. Rodgers, Aaron Brady. My God, they're all in my head. Um, whereas I do like listening to Tom Brady. I think he's funny. Um, Aaron Rodgers has got the Packers to pay a massive, massive, massive amount because the Packers are absolutely desperate. Well, let's break that down because on a number of levels, right? You say they're desperate and there's Jordan Love sitting there. Well, they've got Jordan Love sitting there. So what the hell does this mean for that? So it's a four-year deal. Remember, Rogers is 38. So that's interesting given how how do we put this diplomatically? How erratic Rogers has been off (laughs) uh, off the field. So, you know, if there's a player that you think, can I be sure physical regression notwithstanding, can I be sure this guy's going to fulfill these four years? (laughs) Absolutely not. But uh, one of the all-time greats, so I get it. I get why you're going all in. Four years, $200 million. That makes him the highest paid NFL player in history. And they've done a, well, he's done a Brady. The Packers have done a, a Brady in terms of the structuring of the deal, right? So they have been quite shrewd with moving the yep. money there, which of course should allow them to 
to sort out Devontae Adams. And I guess that was a, a logical condition of the deal for, for both sides and certainly for Rogers, right? I think he would have gone into this without his partner in crime. So Rod, uh, Adams should return as well. What does this mean for Jordan Love? So he is, as we all know, a first rounder and we all know the mathematics and the analytics with first round quarterbacks, they should be starting by now, right? And this, let's assume he, well, let's assume Rogers does fulfill the all four years of this deal, right? Yep. By that stage, Love's going to have moved into a new contract situation. His stock is falling all the time. So are they playing a blinder here and they think, well, we're doing the ultimate understudy move, much more so than Rogers with Favre and Mahomes with Alex Smith. And this is going to be considered a stroke of genius because Love is got all the talent, but he's clearly really raw. And if he has three, four more years on the sidelines, even if they have to pay him crazy money for a backup in the final year or two of that, that uh, scenario, then he just walks in as a 27 year old and is <laughs> absolutely lights out good. Is that what they're thinking? If they are, they are absolutely out of their mind. <laughs> like you can't, you like it's it's fun speculation, but there is no way that they can operate like that. Now, when they drafted Rogers, obviously they had Brett Favre, and Brett Favre wasn't particularly happy. But Brett Favre was knocking on, and Brett Favre kept threatening to retire. Now, stop me if this sounds familiar, because <laughs> it's exactly what Aaron Rodgers has been doing. Now, right. when they got Rodgers in, the Packers could not believe how good he was. And they then spent a few seasons pretty much trying to persuade Favre to mm. retire. They wanted him to retire. And he then decided, oh, do you know what? I don't want to retire. To the point where they, he said to them, well, look, I'll leave, but you're going to have to let me go to a division rival. Like, that's how annoyed he was about the whole thing. And the Packers were happy to let him go to the Minnesota Vikings because they had Aaron Rodgers and realized that Aaron Rodgers was much more talented than Brett Favre. Fast forward to the bizarre drafting of Jordan Love in the first round a couple of years ago. They got him in, and it wasn't an Aaron Rodgers situation. They realized, oh, yeah, this guy is really not ready. Turns out all those, all those people who've been watching college football and analyzing the draft were correct. He's not, <laughs> he's not ready to go. Sure. Okay, let's see where he is in a couple of years because Rodgers might retire. Mm, Rodgers clearly doesn't want to do that. And when they played Jordan Love, it's not been pretty. Jordan Love was a wasted first round pick. He might have been okay somewhere else, mm. but he is going to get stuck in Green Bay for a couple of years, quote unquote, learning under Aaron Rodgers, a quarterback who wants nothing to do with Jordan Love, really treated Jordan Love as a threat. Uh, but, but is he going to look at it differently now that this is, unless something extraordinary happens and he, and he, he outbrady's Brady, which, you know, based on your argument, around his motivational drive, <laughs> maybe that's what he'll do. But let's assume that this is his last contract. Does that take the sting out of the whole Jordan Love move now? And actually, th this might mean that he will move into this fraternal, there's my little bro, succession plan role that a couple of years back, he was thinking, what on earth is going on? Why have you just drafted my successor, you jokers? Yeah, you know, that's, that's a great point. He is now much more secure. And like, if there's... Like, if there's one thing that I would say about Aaron Rodgers is he's weirdly insecure and it comes down to that draft where he just, he fell despite mm. his talent and the cameras kept going in on him in the, in the green room as he was the last player yeah. left 
out of those players picked to attend. And you know, I've got a theory, Ben, that every single quarterback in the history of the NFL is insecure apart from Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> Just <laughs> like he doesn't care. Jimmy Garoppolo is a anything. pretty chill, happy dude, isn't Love he? Jimmy. Yeah. We'll talk about um, him in a minute. Yeah. yeah. So. So, so I think with, with Rodgers, yes, he is now much more secure. He now doesn't think that he's going to get pushed out because Jordan Love's going to play. And yes, that may well mean that Jordan Love will actually be able to learn under Aaron Rodgers. However, he might be learning for four years without taking a snap. I think the next time we see Jordan Love play properly, it's either an Aaron Rodgers injury or it's somewhere else. I do not see him being the successor to Aaron Rodgers now. I think it's too, it's, it's, you can't draft a player and expect him to sit for like six years. Mm. His stock is going to be so low. It'll prove to be, you would assume, if they do deal him and they're not going to get a, well, would they get a first round for him? I just no, don't think they would. I think, I know, I think you'd be crazy to give yeah. up a first round pick for him. Yeah. So not a smart play. Hey, it's difficult uh, or rather easy in with 2020 hindsight to, to criticize drafts. But at the time we all, as you say, scratched our heads thinking, what the hell are they doing? And now uh, that seems, but hey, look, who the hell knows what on earth Rogers and his camp yeah. was telling I mean, the Packers at the time, right? Yeah. And, and what if drafting Jordan Love has motivated Aaron Rodgers to right. the point where they win a couple of Super Bowls in yeah. this four-year window. Great point. And you can be like, well, maybe that it was the catalyst. Yeah, yeah, I love that point. I love that. Uh, listen, Ben Isaacs, you know this, and I think some of our listeners do, but just to remind those that do and uh, inform those that haven't heard this yet, American football is coming to Ireland. Big man. Yeah. Northwestern Nebraska, the Aviva Stadium, Dublin, Saturday, the 27th of August, 2022, we are going to be there. That means me, you, Propo. If we can get Iron Mike through customs, Iron Mike, uh, <laughs> and we're going to be doing all kinds of things, I think, apparently. It has all kinds of ideas flying around. CollegeFootballIsland.com. Head on over there. General sale tickets are going uh, on sale uh, later on this spring. So register on CollegeFootballIsland.com now, and you will be kept up to date and you will not miss a trick. It is going to go off. It's going to uh, be a lot of fun. We are going to be there. Yeah, it's going to feel like a proper college game. It's going to mm. feel like going to a proper college game, but in effect, on your doorstep without having to fly all the way to America because Nebraska and Northwestern are going to bring so many people over. Dublin is one of the party capitals of the world. It is going to become a Midwest college town for the weekend, and I cannot wait for that. I mean, putting aside the actual game, just everything around it is going to be just absolute top draw and you've got a, a big 10 rivalry game it's just absolutely perfect cannot wait loving that well uh we will be doing lots more build up to that game over the course of the spring you can count on that lots of build up to the draft uh, as well with ben in the house who better than to get you set for the nfl draft uh, that is all to come but we are talking about the here and now and the deals getting done let's move on Next to the Carson Wentz move. After one year, the Colts have given up, moved on. Really interesting piece in The Athletic this week about some of uh, shedding some light on the situation in Indianapolis and, and why the Colts have chosen to do this. Now, the overwhelming sense that I could pick up certainly from that piece and the sources that were feeding in, and you've always got to look at that, of course, with a little bit of uh, caution in, in terms of the motivation of who those sources are and why and what they're trying to drive. But when you keep hearing the same thing from multiple different places, you got to ask yourself, is there, is there smoke here? So I uh, am really intrigued to get your take on it because the vibe I seem to 
be picking up is that the Colts have moved on shore to a degree because of concerns with Wentz on the field. But overwhelmingly, they didn't seem to think he was the guy to take them forward in terms of attitude and approach. That was the, 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 I guess, the main takeaway from that athletic piece, certainly, that there were too many people in the building that didn't feel he was the right leader for the Colts going forwards. What do you make of all that then? Yeah, I have to say, going back to when he was drafted, I felt he was drafted too high um, because he was so raw. He played at the FCS level, not the FBS level, FBS being top level of college football, FCS, the level below. And I'm always a bit wary of those guys coming in and playing straight away. We didn't see Trey Lance, you know, start the season, for example, and he came from FCS. With Carson Wentz, everything around him at the time was that he was he was a leader. He was a real student of the game and he was going to be so coachable. And that's not been the story that's been coming out that at Philadelphia, they were more than happy to let him walk, that they knew that he had some talent, but he wasn't a leader. He could be difficult to coach. He didn't take things on board. Teammates didn't warm to him. He couldn't, he couldn't, you know, kind of elevate those around him. Mm. And we saw what happened. He, you know, he had that great season the, the year the Eagles won the Super Bowl. He didn't get to finish the job, but he had been really good that season. It mm. wasn't that they were middling and then Nick Foles came in and was an absolute superstar. Nick Foles was great at the end of that season, but Carson Wentz had put in a lot of the hard yards. But when he went to Indianapolis, the fact that obviously it went really badly right at the end and they missed the playoffs with that awful defeat against Jacksonville. But the fact that the Colts are like, yeah, do you know what? He can go. That speaks volumes because the quarterback situation across the NFL right now is, is pretty bad. There are teams in crisis mode and it all comes down to the quarterback situation that's been bubbling up. The Colts have decided they would rather just have no suitable quarterback right now than have Carson Wentz. Yeah, huge. And- that's a great point. I mean, it's a huge, huge indictment. Darius Leonard, one of the greats, of course, in the league right now, is quoted as saying, uh, NFL.com reporting this, here we go again. I think Leonard pushes out on social media. Five years with the Colts, five different quarterbacks. Yeah. (laughs) And this is is it. I mean, we know for obvious reasons that if you are flipping through coaches, head coaches like there's no tomorrow, you don't have the patience that's going to be a problem if you are in the case of uh, on, a, on a lower level, but still significant change your offensive coordinator every year. So giving your quarterback a brand new playbook and a brand new scheme every year, that is a problem. And obviously if you are rotating the most important player on the field every year, even if you are stacked elsewhere and the Colts defensively have been for a number of years now, yeah, and Darius Leonard must be shaking his head thinking, for the love of God, can you get this right? So what do they do? Where do they go? In fact, I'm going to underpin that question with the first one from our mailbag. Thanks for getting in touch, gang. At the NC Show, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, still no TikTok. Uh, <laughs> Ollie, if you're listening uh, on your fifth Sambuca somewhere in Cyprus, that is on our agenda when we catch up next week, TikTok. <laughs> uh, Chris, uh, thanks for your question chris where does jimmy g end up so we love jimmy g he is as you said the chillest man ever he has got to be a real logical possibility for the colts right i i don't think that um 
anyone has criticized Jimmy G in his career more than I have. Um, more as a reaction to when he was traded to the 49ers and people seem to want to kind of fit him for his Hall of Fame jacket before he'd even played a game for them. Um, Jimmy G has seen his stock rise. He was he was a bit patchy at times during that during the uh, 49ers run to the NFC Championship game, but he had a good season enough to really put himself um, in the kind of in the shop window to get a good deal. You know, if if you want to look at, I'm not even 100 percent sure there are 32 NFL starters in the NFL right now, frankly, but Jimmy G is definitely yeah. an NFL starter. I think he could do a lot worse than go to the Colts. I think if I think if he was the Colts quarterback last season, not Carson Wentz, they would have gone to the playoffs. Carson Wentz had some really good games, but Carson Wentz also had a meltdown that prevented them from making the playoffs. There is the quarterback market right now is an absolute disaster and it's been coming. When when we looked at last year's draft, I'd said that right, this is the year to get a quarterback because it doesn't look at the moment like there's going to be a whole lot coming down the pipe in the 2022 draft. And right now, having had that college season play out and everything we've seen, then that that is still looking correct. There is not a whole lot of quarterback talent in this year's draft. Coupled with, there is not a great free agent market in the quarterback right now. Betty, just on the, on the, on the draft super quick, and as I said earlier, we're going to really drill down over the coming weeks with Ben into uh, into the 2022 draft. But one liner on the projected first or second rounders, I guess, as quarterbacks, any of them realistically week one starters? No, absolutely not. Now, that's not to say they won't be, but it'll be a mistake to do it. Mm. There is nobody, absolutely nobody in that draft where I'd feel, right, you can, you can plug them in and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And I would have said that about... I would have said you could do that with Mac Jones. I would have said you could do it potentially with Trey Lance. It would be a roll of the dice. You could do it with Trey Lance. You could do it with Justin Fields. Yeah. Um, and I would be happy with, with those three seeing what happens. None of these guys. And that's not a massive, massive knock on them. And it's just unfortunate that they've kind of all sort of come along at once. These are guys who can develop into NFL starters. I'm not saying they are bums, but if you need a quarterback right now, you'd better find one somewhere else it's like musical chairs you do not want to be left standing up Mm. and the Colts could be left standing up here I mean Washington have got their quarterback because they've got Carson Wentz but have they really Mm. and they gave up more than you'd expect in the same way that the Packers had to pay a fortune for Aaron Rodgers the way that the Broncos had to give up an absolute king's ransom for Russell Wilson the way that the commanders still can't get used to that Commanders. The the way the commanders had to give up a decent amount for Carson Wentz that shows you that people are looking on the quarterback landscape and yeah. thinking, holy hell, it's a desert. So yeah, it's kind of like, it, it, that's a really interesting point. It's a bit like looking at airline flights and you are, <laughs> or like, or you going to somewhere like the Super Bowl and the hotel rooms, and you know, they're going fast and you know, you're wildly overpaying for a three star kind of joint. Yeah. And you know, you're being slightly scammed, but you're thinking, God, that's better than the alternative. Right. Yeah. You know what and, I mean? yeah. And you're on that hotel website and the first one you've clicked on, you're thinking, hmm, maybe. And then it says, oh no, sorry, <laughs> this room's gone. And you're yeah. like, oh my God. Uh-oh. Okay. 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 We're going to book any, anything. We're going to book anything. Any, any room. So yeah, it is. It is exactly like that. They just or you're going to end up. So let me ask you this then. What is the, this year's equivalent of ending up when you and I were in Vegas all those years ago and we, <laughs> we, we, we were at that bar Norma Jeans 
in a, a off strip bar, shall we say? Oh yeah, <laughs> we were in an off strip bar called Norma Jeans. We won't talk about what happened at the tail end of that night, <laughs> but uh, it was in an interesting and I would suggest slightly shady part of town. I think that's fair mm-hmm. to say with mm-hmm. respect to the Norma Jeans owners who looked after us very well. So it seemed there was a motel just round the corner from from Norma Jeans. Yep. And that is the to follow this analogy through. That is our our quarterback hotel motel. <laughs> situation who is that who is which team is going to be left with the room around the corner from norma jeans okay so it's like you you go up to the desk you ring the bell this uh this this sweaty guy comes out and is like uh i got i got one left and you're like uh okay can i take a look and he pulls out mike glennon <laughs> it's glennon isn't it of and you're like it is. oh, you're like God. i mean i gotta sleep this off so okay <laughs> okay mike somewhere come on mike <laughs> we're we rolling can... we're rolling with you we believe in you mike so the commander is taking carson wentz what about other quarterbacks in in the mix that could end up being a preferable option to mike glennon so who else do you think could land themselves a starting gig in a new home um well i i, I will say i certainly don't i certainly don't think mike glennon well i think he's done um andy dalton yeah who was perfectly fine as the Bears quarterback last season in a really bad situation because um, Alan Robinson decided to kind of take most plays off. So he was in a difficult situation. Everyone wanted to see Justin Fields and him not really having anyone to to throw the ball to. Andy Dalton did a a pretty good job in the circumstances. I'd like to see, I'd like to see him do something. I mean, could Jacoby Brissett, could he do something? I mean, this is like, this this is this is the free well, Minshew, Minshew is a name that keeps getting thrown yeah, around. Yeah. He didn't get a yeah. shot last year. I mean, I, I think again, it depends on your offense. I suppose. Well, I suppose, of course, it depends on your offense. But I think Minshew is perhaps more versatile than, than some others on the market in terms of slotting him into different situations. I, I I feel like with Gardner Minshew, I think we've probably we've probably seen his ceiling. Mm. Whereas Jacoby Brissett, I mean, he's not a starter. Let's face it. I mean. Jameis Winston could be. Mar- actually, Marcus Mariota. Yeah. Marcus Mariota is someone who intrigues me. I don't think we've seen his ceiling. And mm. I think he is, I think he is a talented, he is a talented quarterback. And I think he could do something. I think he could be a starter. I think, I think Mitch Trubisky could still be a starter. Now, this is the thing is that in the combine, yeah, Mitch Trubisky became the talk of the combine. Not because Mitch Trubisky was there, but because every football brain in america who was at the combine was like uh right if these are the guys that are our options for next season mitch trubisky doesn't look so bad anymore yeah at right, least mitch trubisky right. has experience and has won games he's played in the playoffs so like uh, i mean i think jimmy garoppolo is the is the pick of the bunch yeah um ahead of the likes of say teddy bridgewater and you know james winston but Mitch Trubisky could surprise someone if it's the right situation. But the thing is, the teams that are desperate for a quarterback right now are not teams that are a quarterback away. You know, Mitch Trubisky is being linked with the Giants. The Giants are not a quarterback away from anything. I don't know what they are. They're a team away. So with, with, someone, with someone like that, they're not going to kind of turn the fortunes of a, of a team around. Where's Josh Rosen? Do you have uh, a number? Drop him a line. <laughs> right. A couple other things before we get out of Dodge. Uh, Amari Cooper and the Cowboys. Well, it's the situation changed a little bit, so it's not a done deal. They're moving on, right? There is a possibility that Cooper can stay, but it seems more likely than not that he will 
be leaving Dallas. I think, and you know how much Amari Cooper love I have. I think that's a huge mistake. I don't get paying Zeke, obviously paying Dak, I get. Paying Zeke, if it's going to cost you Amari Cooper. Now, I know people are saying, well, there's strength and depth with this Dallas receiving core, but he is that thousand yards, lock it in, no nonsense, ultra reliable, fundamental part to a fluent offense. I think they are going to miss significantly. I don't get the move at all. No, I, you know, financially, you can always justify these decisions, but I feel like he is a wide receiver one. I think yeah. he is he is a potential game breaker. And although Dallas clearly want to be able to kind of move money around and not have to kind of pay like another big contract, that's that only works if you're able to get in young talent and keep getting them on those on those rookie contracts, which is by which is by no means guaranteed. Like, yeah. We'll see that the sort of the sort of offers that they that they make. Apparently Miami are interested, Cleveland, the Jets. Um, these are these are all teams where I think he'd be a, he'd be a good fit. Yeah, and I think we'll we'll give up quite a bit. Now that we might look at we might look at the trade in the end and say, mm, do you know what the Cowboys did okay here, providing they can do something with the draft picks or a player that came their way. But I also think we'd look at say the Jets, the Dolphins, the Browns, and say they've upgraded. That Amari Cooper is an upgrade on what they've got. So, like I'm a big fan of. Big fan of Zeke. I think he is one of the handful of elite running backs mm. in the league, but he's had his issues and durability is a massive concern for these, for these running backs. And I'm generally not a fan of paying a running back their big second contract, but Zeke and Saquon are two of the only ones I would do that for. And they have become a bit injury prone. Um, and right now you might feel, would you rather Amari Cooper or Zeke Elliott? And if pushed, I've, Perhaps go for a Mike Cooper. Yeah, I would as well. I, I, I would too. And interesting number of different possible destinations for, for Cooper. Clearly those with a, a big chunk of, of cap space are going to be the most realistic and likely given his, his value and his cost, I should say. But uh, one of the names at uh, Miami would be great for selfish reasons, but one of the names that intrigued me was New England and the Patriots. Oh, can you imagine? Yeah, I mean, that, that would be a great fit. Like, I mean, um, I don't know if the Falcons are going to be interested. Obviously, they haven't got Calvin Ridley next season, but yeah. the 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 Patriots, ooh, that would uh, be fun. Watch that space. Mick Lombardi, the Patriots wide receiver coach, going to the Raiders as offensive coordinator in 2022. So uh, that's going to be interesting to watch out. The Raiders, another team that they are looking to uh looking in the the cooper trade or, or making a move for cooper i should say let's um let's talk about calvin ridley and that story as you, if you as you mentioned it uh desperately sad first of all i think because ridley's a hell of a player missed a, a chunk of last season for, for personal reasons we uh, it's unclear what exactly is going on there as usual everybody quick to pile in and take the mickey and maybe there probably there is some significant stuff going on in his life that we should just all cool our jets a little bit what do you think about the severity of the punishment and and again i'm sure a number of our listeners would have seen the story but maybe one or two of you haven't or haven't followed it particularly closely calvin ridley falcons wide receiver has been banned for a year banned for a season from the nfl for betting on nfl games a lot of people making a big 
big point about the amount of money, which I think is fundamentally irrelevant. And saying, oh, it's only $1,500. That seems to be the amount that certainly that they are aware of. Now there are suggestions that there could be other amounts and this could be the tip of the iceberg. Other people saying, well, it's quite an innocuous amount, particularly for relatively for a player that, that, that earns that amount of money. But making, I think, uh, placing a lot of emphasis on the fact that, wow, it seems a really severe ban for a, a small amount of money. But it isn't the amount that's the point, is it, Ben? Obviously, it's the fact that he, that he was doing it. So let's concentrate on that. The fact that an NFL player is gambling on the NFL when the NFL is unequivocally in bed with gambling businesses now um, in all kinds of ways. Is that wildly inconsistent of the NFL to, to lay down a, a punishment of this nature? Does this need to be looked at? I would argue that it is, instead of inconsistent, it is incredibly consistent. And, and here's why. The, so with, with Calvin Ridley, a Falcons player, and he bets on Falcons games. Now, yeah, that's that, a good point, an that, important point. That, sure. that on the surface, that sounds terrible, right? But he was on injured reserve, so wasn't playing. And secondly, he was betting on the Falcons. Now, anybody who was betting on the Falcons last year was surely not expecting to win anything. You know, <laughs> the Falcons, the Falcons were not great last year. They were very inconsistent. So this isn't so I just yeah, want to put I, 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 I want to put saying. that out there because it's different. If it's like if, if he was playing and betting on his team to lose, yeah. then that is like a megaton bomb in comparison. Yeah. Now yeah. then he was doing this, perhaps he was at home just bored you know, because he hadn't, he hadn't been playing and he was kind of doing it for a bit of kind of fun and minor excitement. But right, to get to the point, like you say, the NFL is very much, the, the NFL has completely embraced gambling. They took a while to get on board and they are in, they are in bed with gambling companies in, in many different ways. I mean, I would say even things like kind of daily fantasy where you, you, you're, the goal is really to win, to win money um, each week on that is a, is a form of gambling as well as your standard kind of betting straight up or kind of, you know, have, have an accumulator with, I think these teams are going to win the NFL and gambling now go hand in hand. And it's a lot easier to gamble in America than it used to. Obviously it was a, it was a tricky thing before, but what the NFL needs is they need people to continue to gamble on NFL games because that is a big revenue stream for the NFL. If people stop gambling on NFL games, the NFL will have less money. If NFL viewers and betters think that, Games could be compromised because players are gambling on games that they are in. They will not want to gamble. So for the NFL to keep this as a product that people want to gamble on, they have to ensure that the players are not involved in that gambling. Right. Because if you bet on a if you bet on a game, let's say you bet you bet on a Jets game, and you bet on the Jets to win, they lost, and you found out that a couple of their Jets players had bet on the team to lose, you would think. This is fixed. I do not want to bet on the NFL. Mm -hmm. It is a compromised product. I will, I will spend my money elsewhere. So mm -hmm. in, terms of the, in terms of the punishment, I actually think it's very consistent with the NFL's values, which is for other people to be betting on their games. Now, it is a massive punishment, considering if he had beaten up his girlfriend, he would not have had this happen. The, like Deshaun Watson isn't banned. You know, Deshaun Watson's got this kind of hanging over him, his situation, but he's not been banned. Now, obviously, nothing has been proven. It's not gone to court, but he's not been banned. Amari, um, Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley has got this ban. And I was I kept thinking, you know, like, this feels harsh. And then I just thought, do you know what? 
I keep coming back to one thing. He knew the rules. He knew that he couldn't do this. Yeah. And he did it anyway, whether it was out of boredom, out of desperation, out of just like not really thinking about things. But people say that Calvin Ridley is like a stand up dude, that he isn't like this wild guy who's like always doing stupid things and you can't control him and blah, 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 blah. So it was a real lapse in judgment, I would say, at best. But you know the rules. You know you can't do it. Like, just, you know that if you get caught, they are going to bring the hammer down on you. They're not mm. just going to say, oh, don't do that again. And I, I, I bet there are other players doing this. That's what, that is where I have a brilliantly explained and, and uh, entirely logical position that you've outlined there. Uh, where I have, and you touched on it, where I have a real issue with the severity of the punishment is, is the inconsistency with other transgressions, right, that are in my mind, far, far more egregious than uh, than this. Although I do, I'm not underplaying the, the significance of it. And I'm certainly not um, suggesting that gambling uh, is, is not uh, a, a problem for people. Uh, anything, certain people certainly, uh, I, I'm not underplaying the importance or significance of that. But you're right, when there are, when there is domestic abuse, or, 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 when there is, when there are really pernicious transgressions from players and they receive far less uh, uh, in terms of a, a ban from the game, I think that is just fundamentally wildly inconsistent. And that that's what needs to be looked at. If yeah. there are, if there are players that are, uh, are, are falling foul of the law in that respect, and I know it then becomes, well, what's, you know, what a, constitutes, a, you know, a severe crime. I think there is, clearly common sensical and fairly straightforward moral line that most of the NFL can follow in that respect that if you're going to ban a player for gambling for a year then you should absolutely sure as hell ban a player who has beaten up his wife or his girlfriend for a similar length of time and I'd argue I'd argue even more but yeah and I, that, I, obviously like so Calvin Ridley broke the rules he didn't break the law Mm-hmm. And to me, that there has to be a significant distinction there. Yeah. And I get that there has to be due process. That if you are accused of a crime and you deny it, then for it sure can, it can seem unfair if the NFL bans you. But do you know what? I'm not actually against that. If there is if there is evidence that something happened, even if it's not gone to court, I'm happy with the NFL saying, do you know what? You can't play. Mm. You can't play until this is sorted. You get found innocent, fine. You can come back. I'm not I'm not against players being banned when there is evidence they have broken a law mm. a, a violent crime mm. if Calvin Ridley has to miss an entire season for betting on his team to win on games that he wasn't playing in. We're going to wrap Ben with your quick hot takes from the combine. We are of course going to as as I said a couple of times on the show going to be building up to the draft with a lot of detail about a number of, of these players but the combine we were going to dedicate an episode to it and i'm sure as we do drop college days we'll, we'll drill down further but with all this news breaking this week this is obviously where we've gone but give us uh, and our listeners quick some quick takes how you saw it will play out the winners and losers okay well uh, players i think who saw their stock rise or really impressed people um Caelan barnes from Baylor, he recorded the fastest time ever by a defensive back. In fact, it's the second fastest time overall. Um, he's not got great defensive back technique, um, but he impressed with his speed so much. He's probably kind of gone up around. 
Trayvon Walker, uh, defensive lineman from Georgia, he's been overshadowed by his teammate Jordan Davis all of last season, and he didn't get as much glory because he played on the inside, so others were getting the sacks. Now, Jordan Davis is going to go high, and he's an absolute freak of nature, but Trayvon Walker, now that people were able to look at just him and isolate on him, everyone was just wowed by his technique and his strength and his speed, so he, he did really well. Malik Willis, uh, the quarterback from Liberty, for a lot of uh, a lot of coaches, it was the first time actually seeing him up close. He didn't run the 40. He'll do that at his pro day. But everyone really loved how slick he was throwing the ball. His mechanics looked great. He still needs a lot of coaching, but he looked like, in terms of just pure talent, I think probably the, the best of the quarterbacks on display. But when there's winners, there's always losers, and there are risks to being at the combine. Uh, Devin Lloyd, uh, who's a linebacker from Iowa, He's been, I think, one of the most consistent linebackers uh, over the last couple of seasons. But when he was doing the drills, he just seemed a bit off the pace. He didn't seem as strong. He didn't seem as agile. And that will end up costing him. Kobe Bryant, not that Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant, who's a cornerback um, at Cincinnati. He won the award as the best defensive back in college football last season. But the defensive backs were really flying on the 40. And he looked slow. So he will start falling back behind some of those guys because of the because of the value placed on the 40. And Traylon Burks, who's a wide receiver from Arkansas, and he just didn't look very fluid when he was doing the drills. And just a lot of other wide receivers just looked better. And there's been talk of him being the first wide receiver taken. But I think that's probably not going to happen now just because other players sort of overtook him. But I want to say this about the 40-yard dash at the combine, mm. which has become such a big thing it's like it's it's the one thing that everybody kind of will, will know about the combine and it, it always makes headlines of oh so and so ran a, a 4 3 40 or whatever and there were so many in terms i would say this is the fastest combine ever and i've got an issue with it number one we place too much value on the 40 time we see these guys running a fast 40 but they line up and they start when they want to start which mm. is not how it is if you're, let's say you're sure. a wide receiver the yeah. day the day that they just allow a wide receiver to like run from the line of scrimmage when they choose to do so mm. is the day that i really put loads of stock in in 40 times plus generally you don't get to run 40 yards unimpeded i i get why it's i get why it's done at the combine and so you can you know measure players against one another but that 40 yard dash speed isn't doesn't necessarily translate to on-field speed in yeah. pads Bust. with other players around you. My yeah. other issue is a lot of these guys are coming out of college and what they are doing for months is doing sprint training. Yeah, They're not working on other things. They're they going to be know, more important. Yeah. yeah, They know that a really good 40 time could vault them up 10 spaces. Right. So I, they are focusing on that and that is not the fundamentals. Yeah, it's really interesting. I've always been fascinated by also it's a you know one-shot play and so presumably and you see so much significance as you suggest being placed on what you do at the combine what you do on in that particular run i'm certain and you might know more than me on this ben but surely if you've got a, a player that rocks up has a slow 40 yard time by their typical standards and certainly by the positional group and everybody or the draft next well they're gonna drop oh there are concerns if you were a canny GM, you're just going to be onto the agent saying, look, just show me his last 15, 40 yard times. And in fact, we'll, we're going to set up our own thing. And I know that's why pro yes. days are used and everything else. But I mean, presumably you're not going to be too 
I know the media are going to be hyped by it, of course, because it's an easy narrative. But presumably, if you're a shrewd GM, you're not going to be too concerned if uh, a corner, a receiver, a running back has a particularly slow day at the office. Yeah, it happens. Look at the the other 15 times he's done and, and weigh it up. Yeah, and you know, if you're looking, if you're looking at game film and you're seeing this guy get separation right, right. all the time, do you be like, ah, yeah, but that one yeah. time I saw him run a 40 in non-football conditions, yeah. he wasn't quite as fast. <laughs> it's yeah. it's like fans get so right. The combine will and as as the offseason goes on and we talk about the draft, we'll talk about combine performances by players that we're that we're gonna talk about. But there's an important thing to note. The combine has become much more about entertainment Mm -hmm. than it has about player assessment. And the most interesting stuff that happens in the combine, we don't see it. Nobody sees it because it's behind closed doors. It's the medicals. The biggest thing for the NFL GMs is the medicals that take place at the combine and the in-person interviews. Those play a huge factor in where players get drafted in Mm. terms of kind of how those players get assessed. The, the underwear Olympic stuff that we get to watch live on NFL network and they show it over and over. And we see all the highlights and it's fun to watch. That's not as important. It's a bit of a smoke screen. Mm. The important stuff's going on behind the curtain, but it's just not fun to watch. I want to make sure that when he's back in the country, uh, if indeed he gets back into the country, uh, we give Ollie a, a medical. I think we need to put him through that as well as actually, I think we should just put him through a full combine and just check he's, he's game ready for this, for this, for this off season. Cause I'm not convinced. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, I, I, maybe there should be, maybe there should be a, an NC show combine and we all have to, we'll have to do these drills. I'm in. I, I think, <laughs> I think listeners will know I'm a lock. Uh, I'm a Drew Lock for the 40 yard dash. I mean, I will <laughs> struggle. Uh, I probably many of the others, but the 40 yard dash, I back myself. Who's okay. in this combine? Me, you, Mike, Mike. Yeah. Ollie. Tom Deacon. Yeah. Yes, if we start <laughs> yeah, to open up, if J Bell's in it, obviously we're all screwed. Yeah, I would say we're going to have to not allow any professional athletes. Yeah, Phoebe's not yeah. allowed. J-Bell's not allowed. Yeah, Asmi's yeah. definitely not allowed. Yeah, <laughs> they're all gone. It's just the chumps that yeah. can do it. Yeah. Um, oh, good stuff, Benny. Brilliant. At the NC Show is how you get in touch with us, with uh, Ben. It's tweets from Ben. Uh, working on the book, of course. That How's that all going? That is, it is going really, really well. It's been so much fun. You know, it's going to be a... I want to tell I want to tell the story of NFL fans in the UK and how the NFL kind of conquered conquered the UK and I'm doing that with by talking to a cross section of British fans about their particular experience and the different stories they tell I want it to be that when you pick up the book and read it at least one person's chapter you're like that's me mm. that's my story that's my experience that's how I got into the game that's what I fell in love with and those were the things that those were the things that that drew me in so it's been enlightening, exciting, and it's perhaps the most fun thing I've ever, ever written. Amazing. Oh, I'm really glad you're enjoying that. And I'm really looking forward to reading it. Uh, that is well underway. And we will keep you up to speed with the progress of that. And when you can pre-order it, I know you're going to be supporting Team Ben as uh, one of the all-pro members of the NC show. Uh, get behind him. Uh, we have... I have thoroughly enjoyed that chat with you, Ben. As mm, always, don't I act did... so surprised. I know it did sound really. <laughs> I'm quite surprised. I enjoyed that uh, Carson Wentz hot take. Good <laughs> stuff, Ben. And we'll be back for more next week. We've got, uh, as I say, some brilliant guests lined up over the coming weeks. We'll start to release 
uh, some sneak peeks as well on our social channels. So make sure you're following us there at the NC Show, Facebook, Insta, and Twitter. And if you haven't already, subscribe to us, whichever platform you listen to us on, because that way you won't miss a trick, won't miss an episode. The frequency getting cranked up. We have got a brand new format dropping later on in uh, the spring, which I'm very excited about as well. So more good stuff coming your way. Benny, look after yourself. Thanks, Matt. I will speak to you soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.